0: Yo, 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 check one, two. First episode, Dead Last Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, buddy. I'm Brandon Valley. I'm Luke Beemond. And we're here to bring you pleasure. Yeah. On the soundboard, we got uh, Spectral Jeff. Uh, when we came to the studio, he realized it was haunted, uh, possibly an ex-sound engineer that died. Uh, but we don't have to pay him. Uh, we've got a Ouija board hooked up to the soundboard, and it just moves around, he complains a lot, but, uh, he gets the job done. So, this episode is dedicated to Spectral Jeff. Shout out Spectral. On the boards, baby. So, it's the first episode, are you excited, Lukey? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm scared, but, you know, I think it's important to keep a a, a little bit of fear here, so, um... I'm excited and a little bit fearful. So fear's the theme, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That, That's that, what it's all about. Yeah. At the end of the day. Exactly. We talked about doing this podcast the first time we met. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Back in September or October, right? The first time we ever met, we were drinking and we somehow ended up talking about horror movies right away, and you're like, We should do a we should do a podcast. Right. I'm like, I don't fucking know you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I came on really strong, yeah. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> But we're here now. Yeah. It's been a journey. Yeah. But we've arrived. I know. It's, yeah. It's very exciting. It is. Yeah. I'm glad that we're finally, uh, we're making it happen. We're here with, and with Spectral Jeff, bringing him into the mix. It's really kind of just um, worked out pretty pretty perfectly. heart, heart podcast in a haunted studio. You can't really get better than that. <laughs> no, nah, that's, yeah, meant to be right there. You're at uh, Rock House Studios. Yeah. In Austin, Massachusetts. Yep. Are we in Austin? We are. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Alston Rock House also in Rat City, baby. Yeah. So let me ask you, bud. Hmm. How'd you get into horror? What's your history with horror movies? Well, so I've been into horror movies since I can remember, really. Um, when I was a little kid, my dad and my godfather would um, would show me horror movies. I'd stay up past my bedtime and watch them against my mother's wishes. I remember being a little kid and convincing my dad to let me stay up and watch uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um he I, he would watch it on TV, and I would sneak out of bed and and watch some of it. And my parents would catch me and send me back to bed. But one night they let me watch it, and um, I watched the first ten minutes that red filtered scene, the battle scene, and all that. And I was like, "I'm I'm out." I ran up to my room. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was terrified. So I think that was kind of my first introduction. But uh, how about you? How'd you get into horror movies? Um. Honestly, when I was, like, really young, I didn't watch horror at all. Hmm. Um, my parents just weren't into it. Like, I was allowed to watch pretty much whatever I wanted from a very young age. Like, when I was I was seven years old and, like, watching Die Hard, yeah. like, every day. And they didn't care. But they just didn't like horror movies. Hmm. So I didn't really get to see any. I remember when I was a... Uh, I wanted to watch Aliens, because my mom's a sci-fi freak, so that was within the realm. Hmm. And I didn't even make it to be able to see an alien. They were just, like, wandering around the corridor, and I'm like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm out. Right. I'm out. I can't i can not deal with it. So we both had those, like, fuck this moments. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I couldn't deal. But, I mean, yeah. I, I read just tons of Goosebumps and, like, Are You Afraid of the yeah. Dark? Mm-hmm. And then when I got closer to becoming a teenager, probably, like, around the eighth grade, um, me and my friends just started getting into it. Like, I don't remember the first. I think the first legit horror movie was probably uh, Dead Alive, Mm -hmm. I think, that I saw. And then after that, it was kind of, like, all over. Mm -hmm. We would go to the video store and just figure out, like, what was good. We would just go nuts. Yeah. And that was our jam. Trial by error kind of thing. Before that, I used to watch a bunch of sci-fi channel horror movies. Like, whenever I'd stay home from school, that was my jam. But that's kind of what my concept of horror movies were. Right. Before I saw stuff like Dead Alive, Army of Darkness evil dead texas chainsaw like mm-hmm. those were like a lot of the first movies i saw right um and after that it just became me and my friend's thing right you know that's all we do is watch horror movies right it takes you like a minute to when you you, you decide you're kind of into horror movies and then it takes you a, a minute to start watching them right like i remember i had to convince right when i was starting to get into horror movies and my godfather pete and he would show me like the puppet master movies and uh, i'd watch them with like my older cousins and they'd be like oh you know you, you're too young you're too young and i'd sneak out and watch them and it was the fact that they were taboo i think is why i liked them you know is that whole you're doing something you're not supposed to and i convinced my dad to take me to see bride of chucky when it was in theaters <laughs> and um he drove me to the movie theater and it was you know it's like an hour away we lived in this little town in connecticut and um we got i convinced him you know he kept like you know why do you want to see this movie you know my mom's i don't think you should take him but I, I convinced him to take me we got to the movie theater and before we even got to our seats we were i was there was a r-rated preview on and i was just like nope <laughs> so I turned around and left <laughs> and uh, he had to drive me all the way home so it's kind of like you know i guess getting into the uh, the deep end of the pool a little bit you know you kind of wade in at first there was a couple mishaps where i wasn't quite able to make it and then when i when i got in there then it was no turning back. And I remember, I mean, my friend, we we watched The Exorcist. We, like, snuck a TV from his living room into his room so his parents wouldn't know. And we watched The Exorcist. And just that whole kind of taboo of watching things we shouldn't be watching, I think, is um, what kind of drew me into it initially. Hell, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a niche. You know, people um, tend to flock to it because a lot of people have a large distaste for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also... Like I was saying before about going to the movie store, like going to the the rental place and trying to find stuff. That's a huge thing with me still is like just the discovery of it because it's such a Mm. giant monster of a a genre, like no pun intended, but Mm. there's so much there. There's so many gems. There's so many diamonds in the rough Mm -hmm. that you can just find. And that's still to this day like very exciting for me. I'm always just trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what I haven't seen yet and what's great. You know, I remember as a kid, yeah, going into the the horror section of the video store too. I mean, it was always like kind of the creepiest looking cover would be the one that would would draw me. And I remember like the Halloween movies, like like Halloween H2O, like... That cover with a uh, half of Michael Myers mask and the knife, and it was like yeah, smart, yeah. sexy thriller. And I was like, oh my gosh! It says I ran right the cover. Yeah, oh yeah. So, like, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, the full cleavage out. I was like, this is smart and sexy and a scary. A little full of it. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it's like, it was. well, LL Cool J's in this. Yeah, so, like, that's cool. Right. He uh, yeah, he was he was smart, sexy, and scary in yeah, that. So, awesome. To his credit, <laughs> there was one uh, that we would rent all the time because on the cover. It had this guy with a guitar with a giant drill bit attached to the end of it. It's called Slumber Party Massacre Two. Okay. And it's such a dumb movie. None of it makes sense. They kind of just rip off Nightmare on Elm Street, except this guy shows up in his these teens dreams and then just shows up for no reason and has guitar. He does like rockabilly songs in between like killing people with this drill guitar. Wow. He could go up against the guy in Mad Max, the flamethrower guitar player. Yeah, yeah. They He's could like, have a cool face-off. Yeah, they have like a doof warrior uh, face-off. Yeah, <laughs> in, in the dream realm. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So what movie scares you the most, or at least scared you the most? For me, you know, it was going back to kind of going to the video store and looking at these covers and, you know, being drawn to these movies because how scary and striking the images were. I remember this poster um one of my dad's friends he he had these friends they would watch like soccer matches and I would be like in the kids room you know and there and his friend had this daughter and she was a bit older than me. I was probably ten. She was a teenager, and she had this Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster on her wall. And I just remember, just the poster would give me like a stomach ache. Like it was just so scary. It was just like the shadow of that house, you know, with like that red sky. It leather is even on it. No, no, it no. It was just a house, you know, and just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it was so fucking scary to me as a kid. And it took me years. In years to finally see that movie, and I would I would call it my probably my favorite horror movie, and I still to this day it still scares me. Um, there's just something, something inherently so scary about it that it just messes with your your brain. It's not a gory movie. There's not a lot of blood or actual even re- violence on screen really, but it's just psychologically so scary, and the way it's supposed to kind of evoke nightmares and that nightmare. Uh, formula of uh, a shadowy figure chasing you and not quite getting you but constantly right behind you just that whole that play really scared me i always think the scariest movies are the ones that give you the nightmares you know the ones that stay with you so for me texas chainsaw massacre is is like the all-time scariest movie for me texas is great because it's like unfettered Mm. by the tropes of slasher movies because it was before Right. you know it's it's before all that i mean there's peeping tom and psycho and all that stuff but that's kind right. of outside of what we realize today as slasher movies so mm-hmm. that movie's like really raw in yeah. in that way it it uh it made a lot of rules you know yeah um final girl and all right you exa- know? right that was the first final girl right we've talked about that before maybe, maybe maybe i think so yeah um so how how about you it's for me scariest movie i mean i know This kind of fits into the theme, but uh, definitely Jaws. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Jaws has fucked up my life. Yeah, me too. So bad. I Jaws has fucked with like beach economies. It it really has. You know, (laughs) Jaws has lost businesses for people. I I can't I I can't deal with water. Like, I mean, no, I know so many people feel that way. Like, even if you're in a pool when you're a kid and you just get that image in your mind that you're in the water and you just see that shark, it's like, I gotta get out of the pool. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't go on a boat in the middle of the ocean. I can't go in the ocean above, like, my chest. You still can't? I I can't. Really? I won't won't do it. So, this, so with the theme being aquatic horror today, this should be interesting to see how this plays with your (laughs) psyche. Okay. It it's really fucked me up. Yeah. I guess those are that is the scariest shit, right? Cuz I mean, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre for me, it's like I still have that dream that somebody's chasing me and I can't run and there's fucker's right behind me, you know. So I'm glad to know we're we're both still emotionally psychologically <laughs> yeah, scarred yeah. by the scariest. I'm ruined. It's affected my life in like a major way. Right. This podcast right. is really just a cathartic for us. This yeah, is why we're we're yeah. just working out our inner <laughs> demons here. Yeah. Why do you like horror movies? why do i like horror movies you know i think it goes back to my godfather pete who introduced me to a lot of horror movies i lived at this summer camp called club getaway when i was a kid growing up for several years and um every year pete would come and set up this haunted house around halloween and he would set up it was kind of in this big um it's called the boathouse House. And the it was a dance hall stage area. And the backstage, they would create this kind of haunted maze, you know, a little haunted walkthrough. And he would make it every year. He would come and he would set up and there'd be little rooms. There'd be like, you know, like a torture chamber one. There'd be a room where there's like a coffin and Dracula sits up. And um, I just loved, I loved the creativity and just the harm, the sets and being able to kind of walk around and play in this haunted house as a kid. I think just really made my imagination just go wild, you know. And I think... That's still why horror movies intrigue me so much, because when it comes down to it, it's just, you know, it's the that basic human fear of what we can't see, of what's lurking in the shadows. It's when our imagination starts to really kind of run wild is when the scariest shit happens. You know, the scariest shit is what's going on inside of our heads, you know, that when you turn the light off or when I when I would turn the light off before I would walk up the stairs as a kid, just like... Maybe Jaws is there. Maybe it's (laughs) Leatherface. With some robot legs. Yeah, Yeah. but it's dark, and some shit is going to fucking grab me or chase me. So um, I think, yeah, I mean, I've always just been a very – I was a very imaginative kid. I had a very wild imagination, and I think horror just kind of always excited me in that sense, and I think it still kind of does. Absolutely. Yeah. So so what are – your blind spots and what kind of horror do you like the most what appeals to you my favorite horror has usually been kind of creature feature monster movie stuff um like when we were talking about jaws and um the theme for today's episode aquatic horror that's always resonated with me i've always loved um the whole sea monster kind of thing like jaws and I guess we'll wait, we get, we'll get we get into our top five aquatic horror movies in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always loved kind of creature features and I loved effects and things like that. And when I started to check out like the Evil Dead movies and stuff like that, and the more outlandish and ridiculous kind of the better, but even just like Godzilla movies and alien movies, any kind of monster creature feature, stuff like that I really like. I love Godzilla. Yeah. The original Gojira. I used to watch tons of Godzilla when I was a kid. Yeah. I love kaiju. I, yeah, want, okay. I want more. Yeah. I want more. More uh, Pacific Rim? Were you a fan of Pacific Rim? <laughs> I don't want more Pacific Rim. <laughs> well, you're getting a sequel. But I want something. Yeah. I want them to figure it out. I don't know. I don't know if you can recapture that flavor yeah. of like old Toho right kaiju films or yeah. Ultraman and stuff like that. Or even like Power Rangers. You know, like right. all that's... It's got a nostalgia uh, to it. You can't really yeah. recreate with the CGI of yeah. today and stuff. Yeah. Even that uh, Godzilla cartoon, you ever watch that? No. It used to be on Cartoon Network? No. It was great. They uh, sailed around on this science yacht of sorts. Science yacht. And they had this beeper, and that would summon Godzilla when they would get attacked by other giant monsters, and he would fight for them. Basically, the guy looked exactly like Dr. Quest. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was this little, smaller Godzilla named Godzuki, who would get into shenanigans with the kids. No Godzilla, Godzilla, and Godzuki. He had wings. He was basically okay. He's basically uh, Pete's dragon. Okay, yeah. You know what sure, I'm talking about? Yeah, no. He looked just like that. No okay. haircut though. Right. Yeah. No pink hair. He right. could have used it. They're coming out with that new, the new Pete's dragon, right? Well, I'm hoping they have Godzuki and the new Godzilla. I think that's a little more important. I'm <laughs> like yeah, that. Right. Did you like the new Godzilla movie, the most recent one? Not really. I'm not talking about the Matthew Broderick masterpiece of 99. (laughs) No, I didn't really like it at all. No? I wish they could have used another Toho monster to be his enemy. I don't know if they just couldn't get the rights or something like Mm. that. But at first when I saw the trailers, I was really excited because I'm like, oh, he's going to be fighting Rodan. I love Rodan. And it's going to be great. But they just made up two extra monsters because they didn't want to pay out for it or something like that. Maybe they're saving up for the sequel or something. And everything about... The trailers of that movie was very deceitful. So mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Brian Cranston, he's a great actor. Right. He's been able to carry that whole movie. Right. They show him nonstop in the trailers. You yeah. think he's a main character. He there dies you. about 15 minutes into that movie. Right. And that was such bullshit. And we get a lot of the other kid. Yeah. Th- I don't know who the fuck that guy is. What, what is it? Uh, it's a kid from Kick-Ass. Ugh,
1: I don't care. Yeah.
0: I don't care. No, he that that, that movie, yeah, they didn't need that whole... That whole side story—they could have been a lot more just kaiju on kaiju fighting, and I think the movie would have been better for it. We didn't need him. Yeah, the only cool part was him breathing fire down that monster's oh, throat. The, that kill move was yeah. fucking—that's a good fatality, right? Yeah, there. that was. Yeah, that, like that. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I have a lot of blind spots that I feel like we'll figure out eventually in this podcast. Slashers are something. That I'm not that knowledgeable about, mm. that I'm not too into. When I was younger, when I was getting into horror, it was at a time where they were doing shitty versions of the classics. Like the first Neighbor on Elm Street I saw was New Nightmare, okay, yeah. which was garbage. I just remember like Wes Craven being in the movie and be like, uh, My writings come to life. What have I yeah. done? And I'm like, What? It was too this? meta. It really. Yeah. yeah. yeah and Jason X. <laughs> it was like like the, Jason X. The first one I saw of the Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> and also, they just seemed... Well, they are. They're very formulaic movies. A lot mm. of them are very the same. Yeah. None of them mean that much to me. I like a lot of movies in horror that I can at least pull some type of meaning from. Uh, no, all the time. I mean, I can just have fun and watch a horror movie, but that's what really appeals to me the most is something... Uh, unique and something complicated something mm-hmm. that has soul
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: not just exploitation
1: right but i do <clears throat> love some exploitation right
0: but that's just what appeals to me more like the thing yep. is my favorite movie cool yeah one of my favorites too yeah see i i do like the the slashers not all of them you know i mean when i was a kid i remember i like saw scream i saw scream two and three in theaters i don't know why i didn't see the first one <laughs> but the first one's good That's oh one yeah i like i really like I, I the yeah this i don't like two and three now i, I like the first one and then i kind of worked backwards and halloween um john carpenter's halloween is is one of my top five of all time um the rest of the halloween's they get a little ridiculous but i still like them i like um I like Dr. Loomis, Donald Pleasant's character, but um, the Friday the 13th franchise is, is one that I really like, and I'm sure we'll get into that deep in, in, on some episode. I've gone through a pretty big Friday the 13th phase. Um, I like all the iterations of Jason. They're just campy and stupid enough to be entertaining, but also every now and then have a good, a good enough kill to, when you're like, okay, there's been a lot of teenage dialogue about puberty and stuff and then and then bam you know jason will show up and grab somebody through a window and you're like there we go that's there's just so many of all those yeah. which is also why i haven't really got into them because it's so intimidating because i'm the type of person right. where i want all of the story if there's more than one movie or anything like if i play a video game and there's comic books and a movie and like tons of other shit i need to have it all mm-hmm. i need to know all of it so it's intimidating to be to be going into like Nightmare on Elm Street and have to go into nine movies, yeah, and some real garbage, some real stankers, yeah. Like I, I did that for Hellraiser. I oh, yeah. love Hellraiser. Um, I was, was reading all the comics and I had seen the first two, so I, then I went through all the movies. Yeah, and Jesus Christ, that was rough. Yeah, that was hard. Yeah, I mean I don't know what the case was for Hellraiser, but I know in um, in the Nightmare. On Elm Street series, I mean, there's some movies that they had directors and writers fired halfway through, and there were some movies that they really had to write themselves out of holes with, and I've seen, like, some documentaries. Um, there's one on Netflix now, I think it's called, like, Red, White, and Blue or something like that. Um but it's like a documentary on the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And there's some movies that, I mean, you, you're you watching them. It just, you can just tell the writer's just kind of like, well, fuck it. Like, this plot didn't work, like, halfway through the movie. And it kind of takes a lot of patience on the viewer to, like, work through those. And I didn't, with Friday Thirteen movies, I really think that you can get through them. They're not, like, that agonizing. And you kind of, like, look, you look forward to the, okay, I know, well, I know in this one he fights a girl with telekinesis, you know. So some of it, no matter how outlandish it guess, like going to space or... They always go to space. Even Hellraiser right. went to space. Did they? Yep. Wh- which one does he go to space? um I think in the fourth one. Oh, wow. That that didn't even take long. It's, uh, they jump around in time, but there's a, a lot of it that takes place in space. Yeah, there's yeah. Leprechaun goes to space. Mm-hmm. Jason goes to space. Right. Uh, critters go to space. Oh, wow. I didn't know Critters go to space. mm mm-hmm. That's all where it ends up. Yeah. The final frontier. Right. That's kind of... We're are like, all right. Let's... I don't know why. It's like, let's shake it up. I don't know. We'll fucking space. put him in space. <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> right. Whatever. See yeah. what happens. So, you know, space is threatening. I saw a Leprechaun in space like tons of times. I've seen all the Leprechaun movies, at least the first four. How tons many Leprechaun times. movies are there? I don't know how many there are now. I never saw the In the Hoods, but the first four, yeah. uh, it was a sure thing that they were going to have boobs in it. Right. When I was a kid. Yeah. So I guess that's probably really my first real horror movie is mm. Leprechaun, Jennifer come to think Aniston. of it, because it was a surefire tits in all of them. You don't see Jennifer Aniston's tits, do you? You don't see Jennifer Aniston, not in the first one. No tits in the first one, but okay. two, three, four. Okay. Bazongas. Right, that was another thing, like, when you are a kid, like, you know, when you were friends, like, rent yeah. a horror movie, like, it's good chance you're going to get some tits. Friday yeah. 13th, is, there's no no shortage of the tits. There's, yeah. <laughs> they're in abundance. <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's get into the theme here. Yeah. The theme of this episode is aquatic horror. Yeah. What's your experience, young Luke? Well, aquatic horror has definitely um definitely been one of my favorites, uh my favorite horror genres. Um I think, you know, I've always had a fascination with just the water and the the sea and just kind of that basic human fear of what's underneath the surface and what we can't see, and that's always very much intrigued me. It's the unknown. You're out of your element. Exactly. Right. Exactly. We don't belong in the fucking water. No, we don't. And after today's episode, nobody will ever go in any water again. <laughs> but, um, you know, I remember just, like, this that camp that I grew up at, there was this lake in my backyard... And it was probably because of all the horror movies I'd watch, but every time I jumped into that lake, I mean, when I hit the surface and you go under and you're getting deeper and it starts to get colder, every time my brain would just be going rampant with what's going to come out of the water and just fucking eat me, whatever shark or monsters just waiting for my little morsel to get into its jaws. So were you going to camp after you saw Jason? When no friday the 13th? no th- this I, I lived at this camp for years and i think that was another reason why i like friday the 13th i like okay. that camp counselor getting stalked kind of element and it just the camp setting is i think very creepy and appropriate. did you hate your counselors did you fantasize no about them getting stalked no but or i want to stalk them well i would i had babysitters that were counselors at the camp and i would put them through hell um, I would take them down to the lake and say you know, I want to go fishing with them. With like, there would be like English girls that would babysit me when I was like seven or eight, and I'd take them down and say I wanted to go fishing, and I would just not push them in, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fucked up. It's very nice, but <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so, you know, I just aquatic car. I feel like just um, it just works because there's always that element of and that fear of what we can't see or what we can't control. You know, I think with a lot of horror movies. They kind of have to work to establish a vibe or a tone through either music or you know, cinematography or things like that to give you the cues to make you feel, okay, I'm supposed to be threatened or scared. But there's something just about aquatic car. You're already in that environment. You're already surrounded by what you can't see. There's no hope. There's no one around. Exactly. Like they say, in underwater, no one can hear you scream. that's that's right (laughs) but um yeah so so for me yeah i've always really liked aquatic car and like you said jaws when i saw jaws i mean not only could i not go swimming in that lake i wouldn't take a fucking bath like i was just like nope i'm not (laughs) getting wet (laughs) so yeah aquatic car has always um resonated with me and um always been been um been one of my favorite genres and even um my band was special we released an album called omni squid this year which was nice plug yes nice plug there we very, go thank you very much um and that kind of stemmed from like a lifetime of watching like sea monster movies and sci-fi movies um and just kind of plays on that concept that basic human fear of what's underneath the water and what we can't see and just this concept of some unknown giant force like coming to the surface I think it's the same idea is maybe that's why those horror movies go to space because it's like a similar idea totally of like where you're out of your element and there's nowhere to go yeah like you're just you're just out here exactly you're they very meant, right. might as well have had Critters 4 like on a boat <laughs> yeah, right. or Jason yes. on a boat well, he, cruise ship. he, yeah, he, right. He, you know, Jason is often, you know, is kind of aquatic, you know, he does, um, he gets on the cruise ship and Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, Crystal Lake is like his Cri- jam. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, some of the creepiest Jason kills are when it's a counselor and they take a boat out at night and they're naked and there's always cause you gotta be naked in a boat yeah. at night. They didn't um, have bathing suits back then. No, no, not in the, not in the seventies. But um, when it's you, those shots of, like, there's some girl just unsuspectingly laying in, a, in the boat with her hand in the water. And you're like, oh, take their fucking hand out of the water. <laughs> and then that's when, bam, Jason, you know, he's always waiting underneath the water. And those shots of, like, the fog on the lake and stuff like that. So he doesn't have to breathe? He can just? You know, no, not really. There's, I mean, there's one, after 1 Friday the 13th, they chain him to the bottom of a lake. Like, and they, and that's how they get rid of him until it's like the next movie. It's like, well, he's just been there chilling. He's not dead, yeah, nice. you know? Yeah. And he just, you know, gets uh, his chains, gets rid of him and he's back. So Fuck yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's your, uh, your experience with aquatic R? Well, I mean, like I said, Jaws yeah. has destroyed my life. Mm. I think the scariest scene in horror of all time for me is when, when, uh, the kids are in the bay and they think they're safe. Mm-hmm. and the shark knocks over that guy on the red lifeboat. Oh, yeah. And you just see the shark. He doesn't just pop up, but you just see the shape and his color just slowly just coming out of the water to just grab him, and oh, my God. Right. Ryan, like it you said, Right, It drives me nuts. It's so bad because it's right after the scare where they yeah. the, you find out it's the kids, and you're like, oh, we're all good. And then, yeah, it just very subtly creeps in again. Oh, It's just so slow for how he grabs him. You just see it coming, and there's right. nothing I can do. Yeah. Ugh. all all shark movies really unsettle me yeah after that yeah we really do although i wish they would stop yeah oh my or god Or change the game man i watched some of this movie on netflix avalanche sharks <laughs> see that, that's a giant thing that i kind of have beef with i have beef with sharknado and yeah. sci-fi in general, like I grew, like I said before, I grew up watching the Sci-Fi Channel movies, like when I stay home from school, right. watch shit like Bats or Mansquito and stuff like that. Mansquito, and it was great, it's entertaining. But that's what drove me to go to film school is watching that because mm-hmm. they're giving these people at least a decent amount of money, like a film budget, a low level film budget, and they just shit all over it. Mm. Like, they don't even care. Like, I watched this movie. It doesn't have soul. They're just trying to make, like, an exploitation movie. And it feels like that's, like, the point of it. Like, they're trying to make the shittiest movie possible. That and is. like good there's, there's a, a charm the to it. But I feel like real joy comes from campiness when you're not intending it. Right. Like, that's why the movie The Room is so successful. Because Tommy Wiseau, this was his gem. He put every ounce of himself into it. He meant for this to be an amazing experience and it just was not the room you know when it's intended like sharknado it, it's not the same yeah i just don't like it i don't buy it and it's a cash cow and everyone loves it i know that's probably sounds like like hipster garbage to to, to feel that way but it, it's pointless well it's become this fad now where it is kind of like oh like let's hang out and watch a shitty shark movie you know I mean, there's plenty of shark, mo- shitty shark movies that aren't trying to be shitty shark movies. Yeah. Like, they're just shitty. Like, Jaws 2. <laughs> you know, like any of those. I disagree. You don't, you're you a fan I, of Jaws 2? I like Jaws 2. Yeah. I think Jaws 3 is near unwatchable. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Jaws 4 worse. has its... Um, I feel that way about Jaws 4. Jaws 4 is the revenge. Yeah, where the shark comes out of the water and roars. Oh, shit. See, I, haven't, I don't know if I've seen that. I've got Michael Caine in it. <laughs> I don't know. They tricked him into doing that movie. Okay, then I have yeah. So the premise Brody's wife, right? Right. The premise for that movie is that the the shark has like followed Brody's wife. Right. She tries to like find a new life with Michael Caine, and the shark has like migrated and followed her to like the yeah. It doesn't make much sense because in the book, the deal was is there is a voodoo curse upon them for some reason, so the shark is going after them. This is called the Revenge. It starts killing members of the family, hmm. but that's not really talked about. There, it's in based the movie? on a book. Yes, it was the Jaws the Revenge a sequel to the original? I don't Jaws book. I don't think it was Peter Benchley okay. who wrote the original one, but it is based on a book. Okay. And Michael Caine was supposed to be pretty much a drug dealer, like a international drug dealer. They Didn't really talk about that either. No, in the movie. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's a bad movie. Jaws 3, that's with uh Dennis Quaid. Right? Yes, right. Yeah, with like SeaWorld. In with SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. I just remember that ending shot, spoiler alert. They get the shark and um it's like and it's Dennis Quaid and his girlfriend like waiting in the water and there's like a, some suspense still for some reason and then it's like their friend the dolphin comes like shooting out of the water and it's yeah. like oh. Yeah, the dolphins are good friends and they save him. Right. What I remember the most from that movie is because it was supposed to be all three D. There's a part where they right. break glass and you just see <laughs> like all this just effect of glass just <laughs> shattering slowly and it looks it looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. That movie's such a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, real garbage. I can't stop burping in its microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was, it was sours. Um but le- let's go uh let's go through our tops. Yeah. Also in, in Jaws News, uh all the sequels just got a Blu-ray release for June 14th. I saw that. Yeah, it's gonna happen. So That's you cool. can watch Jaws 3 and Jaws Revenge on in HD. Final. Wow. Jaws has never been released on Blu-ray. Jaws has, but okay. not the sequels. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Not the sequels. Okay. They're releasing them as like a box set. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Probably. Okay. So yeah, you want to uh, give us your your top five aquatic horror five. Okay. Um, I saw yours and I have some debate. <laughs> yeah. About what I consider a aquatic car, but okay, we'll sure. Go through it. Number one, yeah. of course, Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Deep Blue Sea, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Um uh, go the number three, uh, Sphere. Number four, Triangle, and number five, I'm gonna put Orca. Okay. Which will be our feature mm-hmm. review coming up? Absolutely. Like Deep Blue Sea, I know we both definitely agree on. Yeah. I think. Everyone agree that that's the second best shark movie of all time. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. It's pretty fantastic. Dude. Yeah, even though it's uh, who's that? Paul Paul Anderson, the guy who did the Resident Evil movies, I believe. Oh, was is that? Right? Isn't? No, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I
1: don't. We'll, know. we'll
0: get better at bringing up these facts. Yeah, in <laughs> the podcast, I'll try to not just say things. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it feels right. No. The well, guy did Event Horizon and Resident Evil. I don't think he did that. Right, okay. he, that doesn't sound right. Well if we're wrong that's about not, this could be a fun right. this is how we can involve our, our listeners, right? If yeah. we're wrong about it, call us the hell out. I won't search it. Just tweet us. Just yeah, tweet us. Get uh, mad and tweet yeah, us. Yeah. At Dead last Podcast. And, <laughs> and you and you tell Brandon if he's right on that. Yeah, I know what's wrong. Let's see, do we share any others? Deep Blue Sea, Mm -hmm. I remember, so Deep Blue Sea was, I I shared the first one and two with you, and I'll let Mm -hmm. you get back to your, I just want to say a quick thing about Deep Blue Sea. So I remember it was 1999 when it came out. But I remember being on, like, the school bus, and this, like, nerdy little friend of mine, he's like, oh, well, Blue, she has three kinds of sharks that they use. There's the animatronic, <laughs> the CGI, and the real sharks. And I was like, man, this kid there, knows fucking everything about there are sharks. No real sharks in that movie. There are. Bullshit. I, I mean, they're, you know, it's probably, like, some shitty, like, stock footage thing, like, you know. I don't, that was, look, if that kid lied to me in 1999, I will fucking find him and be like, <laughs> I have a horror movie podcast now. You thought you'd get away with that. And here oh, I am at your door. Drop some names. Yeah. Let's get some first and last names going here. Um, Brian Miller. Brian Miller, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> there are no real sharks in Deep Blue Sea, you asshole. <laughs> I'm going to fact check that, man, because that was, I think for that a That doesn't sound right. <sighs> I can't. I don't remember. Maybe in the beginning. I think in so. in the very, very beginning when yeah. they're like, oh, there's a shark that's about to attack. You know what it is? It's the shark kids. that eats Samuel L. Jackson. That's the, that's the real that's part. That's the real part, yeah. Nice. It was a stunt uh, double that they found. Uh, that yeah. It wasn't actually him that got eaten, but it was a real shark that eats so him. Those doubles are worthless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they're just clones anyways, you know? What's a clone worth? Fucking clones. Nothing. Yeah. Okay, so so continue with your with um, list there. Number three is uh, Sphere. Yeah, I like Sphere a lot. Which is... I feel underrated. A lot of people hate on Sphere. Yeah. But I remember watching that movie on TNT a bunch when I was a kid. Right. And I liked it. I right. like it a lot. That's Sharon Another, Stone, right? Yeah, Sharon Stone, yeah. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, right. and yeah. Samuel And Samuel L., and it, Samuel has a good once cast. again, under yeah. the sea. Yeah. He doesn't belong under there. Yeah, he when, shines. When will he learn? He shines on the ocean blue, that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I can't think of any others that he's been in, so he's two for two in my book. Um... Yeah, I, there's got to be some. He's got to pop up underwater Queen Latifah somewhere. also. Really? Queen Latifah gets marked by uh jellyfish made of dreams. Oh, there In you that are. film. Good. I've. She deserves that. <laughs> she did. How dare she? <laughs> jellyfish. She dreams. doesn't belong. No. Uh, and next is uh, Triangle. Okay, now tell me, what is the deal with tri- I I saw this on some list I was reading recently of, like, of horror underwater horror movies what is the deal with trying? so it's basically I don't know if I want to spoil it for you yeah okay it's it's like, me a non-spoiler it's like a weird dimensional loop movie okay that's all I'll say okay th- you would recommend it though yeah I would recommend it it takes place on a boat in the middle of nowhere. I assume on the Bermuda Triangle, I mean, yeah. which is why they call it that. Is, now remember. that's different from like some other aquatic car movie like Hell's Triangle or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's some not other the Berm- same. Okay. 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 It's just humans on a boat and there's interdimensional time travel kind of thing going on. Okay. It's very interesting. Yeah, okay. I'll look into that. And then five, uh is Orca, which we will talk about mm. in a short while. Yeah. And uh I think that's it for me. What are, what are your top five? So we share the first two. All right. Jaws is is my number one because um, I couldn't go in the bathtub after. Um, deep blue sea because there were real sharks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, that's the answer to the riddle. I mean, how good is that ending? That's what a eight thousand whatever pound mako shark thinks about the deep blue sea. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> Dropping that titular line. Oh man, that shit gives me goosebumps. You know that's the thing about being in the. Deep blue sea. <laughs> that, I really wish they named it something different. <laughs> how about the LL Cool J My head is like a sharks yeah, fin. The deepest, the bluest, <laughs> like a sharks fin, like a sharks fin. Yeah, he like they're like, yo, L, we want you to write the theme song. And he's like, Alright, give me five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> nailed like, it. Alright, I'm going on break. I'll be my trailer. <laughs> like, Produce head, this. Head is like a... <laughs> well, he nailed it. <laughs> ten out of ten. All right. So, my next one, I have a feeling this is what you're going your your beef is with mm-hmm. me. Uh, that's 1997's Anaconda. Yes. Is yep. it Okay. So, so um I'll let you go on. There's okay. multiple I have beef with, but we'll talk <laughs> about it after after we get through the your initial list here. Okay. So, um yeah, you know, you know, so it was 97, it was a it was a little before Deep Blue Sea. I, you know, I just had such an affinity for those 90s creature feature aquatic horror movies. I they, I just fucking loved them. I remember I had, like, I was, like, 10 years old, and it came out, and I had, a like, a girl over for, like, a play date, like, after school, and um, we rented Anaconda on pay-per-view, and um, we watched it for, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and she just, like, lost interest. She's just, like, fuck this. I don't want to fucking watch this stupid-ass movie. And, what like, an idiot. I, <laughs> I don't talk to her anymore, moron. Yeah. I knew she wasn't the one. And she, like, left and was, like, I think she, like, made, like, you know, was, like, baking with my mom in the kitchen or something, and I just, like, stayed out. I was, like, what? I oh, got this shit on pay-per-view. I'm not gonna <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> it's, it ain't cheap. Yeah, it's ten dollars. <laughs> right? Yeah, pay-per-view back then. I was like a, You rented a pay-per-view movie with your family. Like you're watching that shit. Yeah. It's like cheaper now. You're at, does pay-per-view exist? I mean, video on demand. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of bought that out. But um, yeah. I don't know. I loved Anaconda. I loved um, uh, John Voight. I I know we've talked about this before, but <laughs> I really love that movie so much. Yeah. There's so many lines. What, what, yeah, what is it? With him, his just. He has a permanent scowl oh, on he's that whole such movie, an asshole. And just does this poor impression of Tony Montaña <laughs> from Scarface. Something like, you knew there was gonna be snakes. <laughs> I'm just like, it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> just like there's <laughs> just one surprise. part where he's just he's he's like five feet from, gener- oh, <laughs> from he- just stalking her, watching her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just watching her take her shirt off, and right. she just turns around. And he's just got this with that like, scowl. Yeah. God, he is just disgusting in that movie. I don't know. What do you think, Gary? Asale <laughs> will be perfect, <laughs> baby burr. He's such a fucking creep. He's such an asshole. Monkeys, blah. Yeah, yeah, man. Anaconda is <laughs> fucking awesome. That I, I love the sets in it. I love that, like, um whatever the hell that that is they find at the end where like you know like the snake hideout or whatever with that they yeah, what end the up, hell was that what the hell was that place it was just like the middle of the jungle outpost yeah it was barrels A of oil everywhere well next time you go to la you should go to the la arboretum because they filmed pretty much all of that there really yeah so you get to you get to be there experience oh it i firsthand. there you go i'm yeah. there man I would love if they had an Anaconda Universal Studios ride. Did you ever go to like the Universal Studios and go on the Jaws ride? Um, well, I went there and it was shut down when I was there. Oh, fuck that! Did you get your money back? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I Did know it's supposed to be really shitty. Your money? I, I know it's supposed to be really shitty, but honestly, I went there being like, I'm not going on that fucking ride. Oh, the jump man! I I would like go <laughs> I there. Wasn't. I went there with my mom. My brother I wasn't going to do I made it. them go on it twice. I fucking loved it. I probably would have shed my pants. Even if it's shitty, like, I yeah. just didn't want to deal with it. I just didn't. I it, can't. The shark, like, the animatronic shark looked the same as the model shark in Jaws. See, that's it, a problem for me. You know? It scares the fuck out of <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, it was terrifying. It's worse than a real shark. Yeah. Because that's what I associate with what sharks are, is that fucking... Right, is that Bruce. Shark, right. Bruce, Bruce that right. That's what they called the uh. the animatronic shark, right. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, the more that, you know, I, I like Josh then, but then the more that I've read about it, you know, there's all the classic stories about what a nightmare it was to film and how the shark wouldn't work half the time and now you're thinking about it, it's like man that was you know you're just like dealing with that on set at universal studios theme park you know you're dealing with this like wonky animatronic shark it didn't work then it doesn't work now (laughs) yeah like Like... (laughs) i was you're living jaws you know you were you were experiencing the the turmoil that spielberg (laughs) had on set right there so i I like it more now. yeah Yeah. right all right (laughs) um all right so anaconda amazing um Okay, so that's three. So, so number four for me is Lake Placid. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie. What is your issue with Lake Placid? Okay. There's no reason for this entire movie. It's a lake. It's a giant alligator in a lake. It's a crocodile. You don't have to go there at all. Right. There's no, like, the idea, which is, like, why well, have... a uh, Anaconda is kind of acceptable because... You're still in the middle of the jungle the uh, mm. the idea of aquatic car and why it's tense is because you're abandoned, you're in this place, you don't belong, and there's no one to help you and anaconda right. you're on a river, and you know the snake's in the water, but you're still there's no one to help you still, right. you're in fucking some rural town in Maine, like no one's asking you to go in that lake right no one's forcing you to go in there at all well, you know like I, hey, what's even the deal like and it's like twenty feet from yeah. shore. Where, like, everything happens. It's like, oh, there's a house, like, right there. And right. Just, like this, this alligator. Oh, like, two people die. I, right, I well, that's, don't, that's... There's no tension. That's there's, the thing, There's that, no forced situation where these people right. have to escape. It's, it's all that Oliver Platt and his shitty little fucking puka shell necklaces (laughs) yeah he (laughs) is is trying to do i don't know what the fuck they're just trying to find it that's the thing you know it's not like they know it's there well they gotta get it the hell they can't they they can't (laughs) just leave this like ancient crocodile they gotta it's been there for like a hundred years and no one gave a shit no it hasn't been there for a hundred years right the whole point is that it was like wasn't it like betty white's character was like feeding these little baby crocs and making them huge by Feeding them from birth, and then she feeds them cows and shit, and that's right, isn't that? I think yeah, that's, that's what they true. allude to no, at the end. True. You know, it, th- and so th- yeah, that's why I liked it, though it wasn't you know just like kids like on on a yacht and like drinking and like titties and like oh shit crocodile like it was like they find this fucking huge crocodile. Why is it there? Nobody fucking knows. Um And but they have to get it out. It's a menace. Um And I just loved that. But it's not well. It's- it killed. One guy, (laughs) and then they started going after it. And then they killed a second guy, and then nobody else. (laughs) It's a giant crocodile... It's going to happen when you try to capture well, it. So so the thing is, so with the finale, right? I love the finale because it, the whole twist is that there's two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I like that. That that really got me as a kid. It's just like, okay, they got it. Bam! <laughs> Second one comes out. I love that shit. Bill, Bill Pullman thinks he's all slick. He, like, impresses the girl and then fucking almost gets I, set off. I up. do love Bill Pullman. Yeah, I know. He's a hero. Okay. He's not that good an actor, and but, I love watching yeah, him like, try. Well, that, it, <laughs> it, that movie is, like, you know, looking back on it now, too, I mean, it's m- just as much a comedy as it is, like, it a horror is. movie. You, you know and so it's more enjoyable like that um but you know i it, they they don't kill the second crocodile like, there's that whole ridiculous like the the credit scene in the movie is they have this like you know gigantic crocodile on top of a 18 wheeler they're like driving it so yeah take it to a bunch of fairs and carnivals yeah. like town fairs show it yeah, off i like that. like king kong exactly yeah, yeah. right yeah so okay so all right, your 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 beef with lake placid is um i i, I get where you're coming from i disagree i love it Okay, I still grew up near a lake, and I, you know, I think that was one of the movies where I was okay. like, okay, there are crocodiles in lakes, too, apparently. Fuck that. <laughs> okay, so that, that takes me to my number five movie, so another crocodile movie. Have you seen this, uh, Rogue? I've not seen Rogue, but I have heard uh, many a good thing about it. Okay, so... That and Alligator are two alligator movies that I've heard good things about, Okay, I not ha- seen. haven't seen Alligator. Rogue came out in 2007, so it was directed by um, Greg McLean. He's an aus- I, I don't know McLean McLean. Um, he's an Australian director, and he directed Wolf Creek. So cool. he, yeah, so I he, liked Wolf, you know, Wolf Creek. Creek. Was good. It was yeah. scary. Um, and so and so, this is actually one of Sam Worthington's first movies. Was okay. Rogue. He's in nice. it's all it's he's got his Australian accent. And he's supposed to have it in this. I didn't w- know he was Australian. Oh really? Did you yeah. see Avatar? Uh, yeah He's like fighting back That Australian accent The whole uh-huh. fucking movie it Drives he's, me crazy He's kind of faded away huh he Yeah had Sean, He had his time in the spotlight He then, was supposed uh, to be The next like action star Yeah and then He did the, it was Terminator. the Wrath of the Titans And Terminator Right and now he's just done I thought he was Fucking terrible actor Yeah He's just kind of like a, he's, cut, he's cut He can do He's like an action guy you know? but didn't, didn't have he didn't have that charisma. No, he didn't. He didn't have that special thing that like Jason Statham and like right. Arnold Schwarzenegger and fucking yeah. Sly Stallone him. And everyone tries to hide his Australian accent, but but they don't yeah, let, let that go. Let right, it out exactly. Yeah. So it, it, he's good in Rogue. He's like he's like a dick. He's like a local okay. guy. He's like, oi! I don't give a shit about this crocodile. Like kind of just being a smartass. But um. So it's about like this tour, um, like a tour boat that's going around in Australia and they get like attacked by this this crocodile and um, and they wind up on this like little island and the um, the tide is slowly coming in with this group of this party of like 10 people and they find out the island they're on is like the lair of the crocodile. So it's like figuring that out. So I won't give any spoilers, but um, yeah, it's a really good crocodile movie. The finale is really cool. It's a really cool, intense showdown at the end. So um anybody out there who like Brandon doesn't like like Placid, you know, maybe <laughs> Rogue is for you. It's a lot better than Primeval. I'll give it that. You see I've it? seen Primeval? Orlando Evil. Jones. Yeah. That was bad. But um yeah, so okay, so that so yeah, that that's it for me. I got two crocodile movies on my uh on my top aquatic, you know. What can I say? The crocodiles they get me. They yeah. are prehistoric. Um honorable mention for me would be uh, Leviathan and mm. Deep Star 6. Which I think are pretty interesting. Leviathan was a uh, basically an al- alien ripoff, but right. it has uh, Stan Winston oh, okay, did all cool. the effects. Leviathan so he did amazing. Is that still on Netflix? Instant? Um, I'm not sure. There it, are multiple movies called Leviathan, so right. be wary because yeah. Le- Leviathan, Deep Star Six, and the Abyss all came out simultaneously in 1989. Interesting. So pretty much Deep Star Six and Leviathan got buried. James mm. Cameron's Abyss. Right. Which you is know. not an aquatic horror, but one of my favorite movies too. Yeah, it's still an aquatic movie. Right. It's still you aquatic. Aquatic, yeah. It's more of a thrill. I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie. Really? Yeah, isn't like I yeah. just remember like a like a stretchy face water person? Yeah. Yeah. It was like um that, Like Adventure, right? Th- yeah. This that was right before um Termin well the couple Terminator Judgment Day, ninety two. Yeah, yeah. So I was like um that was um James Cameron like developing that CGI technology that looks like it's water but looks you know, like like oh, okay. the, like the, the T2 T two p- pop yeah. guy, that gotcha. metallic looking. He was kind of developing it still in that the, the precursor, right? Exactly. It's like, oh, that looks cool. And if he had spikes and killed parents through milk, exactly. Yeah. He he nailed it. But right. come nineteen ninety two, the abyss you got to check out, man. It's amazing. It is. Um, it, it by the end of the movie, it's so cool when they start to get into like it's a really slow build, but like great cast with Ed Harris and sketchy Russians and their ulterior motives. Um, and then at the end, when it gets into the, to the alien territory, it's, it's fucking awesome. All right. So aquatic car in the state of things currently, what do you got there, Luke? Yeah. So this movie that I'm really excited about, um, that's coming out this summer is called The Shallows. Um, now I heard about this movie initially. It was on, um... It was on a list called The Blood list in 2014, which is a list of the most liked unproduced horror screenplays. Um, and so the concept, the premise is super simple. It's just about a girl, um, Blake Lively stars in it. She's surfing by herself. She's involved in some kind of accident with a great white shark. And she ends up on this kind of coral reef or this very small little patch of land or reef or whatever. And she's like 200 yards from the surface or from... Um, from uh, she's two hundred yards from the shore, and she's just got this massive great white shark that's just circling her as the the tide slowly comes in. So I am stoked about that. Yeah, you showed me the trailer for that, and I gotta yeah. say it it does look pretty cool. Yeah, I mean to have a movie where it's one location, right? One actress, yeah. You gotta you gotta be creative, right? So it seems like it'd be something very neat, right? Especially because she's what is it they, they say 200 feet from shore something like that but being yeah. stalked being circled right by a great white shark and you got and anybody and listening to this if you're unfamiliar you have this trailer is fucking brilliant because it It looks great it's just a lot of just kind of screaming and shit and with the shaky water and you don't know what the hell's going on and then at the end you know the the camera kind of slowly pans out and you see here on the reef and you just see about half or a quarter of this shark slowly start to emerge into the frame and you're just like oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah so <laughs> the,
0: the, the trailer is great I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm excited for that and it was um i was reading today just on imdb that it was originally called in the deep which i'm really glad they didn't call it that were they gonna have adele do the theme song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully she still does <laughs> um but it w- enough with the with the deep and like in the and there's like an adjective and in the, in the heart of the sea deep blue sea and You know this? Have you heard us? We're out here. We're in the deep blue sea. We're getting worried, and we're starting to get eaten.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just describe that's a new one that's coming out. Yeah,
0: help! I'm drowning. Also getting bitten. Also, we're in the deep (laughs) in open water. Yeah. What do? What about open water? Really quick. It was a more recent shark movie. What were your feelings on that? Um, scared the shit out of me. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely did. Um, too real. Yeah. I mean there that shit was real. No one did those actors got bitten by sharks when they were filming. It. Did you hear about that? No. There was like real fucked up accidents that happened. Like they almost had to like put a kaput on the whole production because the actor got like bitten in the leg or something. Why did they film in the real ocean? Bunch of dum dumb. Pretty low budget. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Don't do that. Also, arguably the dumbest sequel of all time is Open Water Oh, 2. I heard that was unofficial. They just called that movie that. Oh, like, that, that would... there was no correlation at all. It, dude, it was it was just a, a yacht, teens partying. They jump over, and somebody forgot to put the ladder down. And so it's just that these... So the yacht's there, but they can't get up. They in can't it. get up. There's they no get... sharks. <laughs> There's, like, a baby on board screaming. And it's them just like, oh, idiot, the ladder! <laughs> <laughs> Brad, <laughs> you fucking asshole! The, the shit that goes wrong, like yeah. one of them like nods off and like bumps his head, like on the boat, and like dies. I, it's it is, yeah. I'd recommend Open Water highly to anyone. I think that is a great shark movie. Open Water too. If anybody suggests it to you, you, cut off communication with them. Or the Reef. The Reef is another based on a true story. I didn't see shark the movie. it's fucked up. It's good. it's Pretty good. Basically, the shark ate this one shark eight three people. Like, just kept following them and eating them. Huh. Like, while well, there was someone ashore, because their boat sank. Oh, shit. It, it was fucked up. You know, we, I heard that they're making a movie of Quint's story in Jaws. Oh, no, tells... the SS in Indianapolis, Right. Have you heard this? Yeah, yeah. I saw, like, a thing on the History Channel one time where a oh, bunch cool. of people who were in it were just talking about it. Really? And it was as horrifying as Quint talking about it. Like, yeah. it was pretty... It shit was real. That was pretty fucked up. Sixty men went into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I can't do a good Quinn. Sixty men go into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> ain't going down to the pond catching bluegills or Tommycocks. Bad fish. <laughs> <laughs> little shaking, little tenderizing. Down you go. <laughs> you go. Yeah, the the Indianapolis. Yeah, so that that's coming out. I don't know when, but um, I've heard that they're making that a film. I think soon. I think yeah. soon. Uh. Other thing in development is Meg. Yeah, so what, tell me about this Meg. It's not a movie about my roommate. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Shout out Meg. Shout out to Meg. It's a, it's a movie about a megalodon. So this is a, okay. a project that has been in development hell for over ten years. Um, This movie is based on a novel by a man named Steve Alton about a megalodon. That was basically trapped behind a cold water barrier in the Marianas Trench.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And these people go down to explore it and somehow release the Megalodon. Okay. Um, it's due in 2017. It was... As it a was, book, this, now it's coming out in 2017? No, it was a book written in 1996. Okay. Uh, Disney bought the rights for it in 1997. Mm. So actually 20 years in the making, really. Um, And it's kind of just fallen around and been bumped around ever since. Mm. uh, Eli Roth was set to direct it at one point. Mm. There's been tons of people set to direct it. It's just never happened. But I think it's finally coming out in 2017. Mm. It Mm. seems like a pretty sure thing. They said in March that they just finished all the CGI for it. So we'll see. I don't find a shark that is that big to be necessarily scary. Mm. You know? It's kind of just too big. Right. You know? Like I'm not gonna deal with that, right? It's, I can't. Wrap I'm just my head gonna up. eat my boat. Like there's no tangents. Right. My boat. Yeah, I. You know, I, I. I I'm a big fan of like the um the wide shot of like the huge fucking shadow under a boat. I was like I that and that the new um, um, in the heart of the sea. With mm-hmm. uh, Thor Thor versus Moby Dick, I haven't seen the movie, but I have read the book right you've read the book, yeah, uh, you know the movie didn't get great reviews, and it's not a great movie by any means, but all the whale attack scenes are pretty cool, um and they are they're they're entertaining enough anytime you see that big ass like outline the shadow of the whale underneath the boat, it's pretty cool. I thought the c g i was well done on that super spoopy, yeah, all right. Uh, Spectral Jeff, the uh, the Ouija board's moving, saying it's time to get to the feature. All right, all right, let's do this. <laughs> So, the feature movie for this episode is the 1977 film Orca, starring Richard Harris, Charlotte Rampling, Bo Derrick, Robert Carradine. It's a, it's a real hoot. Yeah. Star studded cast. Um, it's basically created as a ripoff of Jaws. It was created two years after Jaws came out. Right. Um, for those of you who know who Dino De Laurentiis is, is he's a scumbag producer who has made. I don't even know, probably thousands of fucking movies, hmm. really. Like, a lot of movies. In in the 70s, uh, that was kind of his heyday? Before and past that. Um, his daughters, I think, have kind of taken the helm of that thing now. Okay. Um, mostly bad, uh, but he basically called up the director of this film and said, hey, figure out what's more dangerous than a great white shark what's scarier than great white, white shark go figure it out for yourself yeah yeah you figure it out <laughs> like i don't know i can't, i'm a millionaire i can't fi- i can't yeah. figure it out myself <laughs> uh but they came up with uh, a killer whale apparently yeah. yeah that's the jaws killer and uh i don't really feel like this movie is a ripoff of jaws uh i mean i know it is it's supposed to be but i feel like it's more than that yeah um it's different. It's interesting. Let, let's play the trailer. All right, Spectral. Jeff, can you uh, can you yeah. hit, hit the trailer for us, bud? Go okay, drop the beat, Spectral.
2: The ancient Romans called him Orca or Latin for bringer of death. He is without challenge the most powerful animal on the globe, the killer whale. Orca has forty-eight teeth, set in two impressive rows. In some respects, the orca's intelligence may be even superior to man's they remain loyal to one mate for life. As parents, they are exemplary, better than many human beings. And like human beings, they have a profound instinct for vengeance. An innocent creature is destroyed by an act of human cruelty, and the ultimate battle of man against nature begins. Dino De Laurentiis presents Orca.
3: Can you commit a sin against an animal he followed
4: you he saw you on the deck of the boat
3: they always remember the human
2: being who had tried to harm them
4: he deliberately left you your boat because he wants to fight you on the sea. i won't
3: do that now the fish have vanished from the fishing grounds and it's all because of your whale in fact, I won't fight him at all.
4: You're not even man enough to accept the excitement of his challenge.
3: I'll fight you! You're
2: the vengeful son of a... Orca, starring Richard Harris, Charlotte Rampling, Will Sampson, Keenan Wynn. A spectacular adventure. From the depths of the sea to the top of the world. It's going to be a fair fight on equal terms. A fight to the death. Between the two most dangerous animals on Earth.
1: What in hell are you?
2: Man and Orca.
1: Yeah,
0: nice. Thank you, Spectral. They give, a, give a lot of that movie in there. That's a meaty trailer. <laughs> so, so one thing I, I, on IMDb I read, I love um, how some of the movie posters for the film, the, the text, the, the, like, the little... A lot of the posters for this movie are, are like amazing. Yeah. Like, they <laughs> look great. So w- one of the, uh, the posters for, for um, the, the, the text preamble, it reads, The Killer Whale. The killer whale is one of the most intelligent creatures in the universe. Incredibly, he is the only animal other than man who kills for revenge. He has one mate, and if she is harmed by man, he will hunt down that person with a relentless, terrible vengeance across seas, across time, across all obstacles. That's on a poster? <laughs> that's a, that's a tagline for the movie. That is so many fucking commas for a tagline. Amazing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so this movie... Uh has a lot of good actors in it yeah. or at least people who have been in stuff let's say that right. um richard harris is the main character who plays captain nolan uh a lot of people might know him as the first dumbledore oh before, that's who that is yeah before he passed away right. after the second one right but uh, uh he was a great actor he, i think he killed it he's great in this, in this. movie yeah he really nailed it he's the heart and soul of the movie right? um yeah. the other is kind of whatever charlotte rampling is she has a very strong career. I actually mm. saw a list randomly not I wasn't even searching for this movie but it was about um the amount of successful movies like actors and actresses have been in like who's the worst actors financially for films and who are who are the best. And Charlotte Rampling for the actresses was in the top 5. Oh wow. Um a lot of people might know her more recently from a season from Dexter where she played uh, Dexter's psychiatrist. Um, Will Sampson, who was chief in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, right. who is uh, horrible. He is just awful in this movie. Really awful. Yeah. Uh, he really nails in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest because he, he didn't have to speak. speak. <laughs> yeah. He's mute. Yeah, he should have uh, stuck to that. Yeah, uh, really blew it. And Bo Derek, who was a sex symbol of the 80s. This was her first movie she's ever. She's the blonde who... Yes, yeah, with She's the She's like the ship's made with the, right, mm-hmm. the bad leg. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, she was a sex symbol. She was in a Tarzan movie after okay. this, and that really blew her career up. But This was her first film. Okay. And Robert Carradine, who is just a lesser Carradine from their ilk, who, no, <laughs> we shouldn't care about him. Yeah. But he's there. Um, I probably will just refer to all of them by their actor names, and then Chief is Chief for the rest of this discussion. Yeah, that works. Um. So, this movie was interesting. Uh, let, let's start from the beginning. So, it really starts off with a a very obvious um, dish at Jaws. Yeah, I love <laughs> this right off the bat. Yeah, right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Rampling and uh, young Carradine are diving, you know, for whatever whale research or whatever the fuck, and, um richard harris and on his boat called bumpo yeah which i don't know why i tried to do some research to figure out what bumpo means Yeah, I was and i couldn't find anything satisfying uh there's a character named bumpo who's in some like daniel boone-esque uh tales but it was spelled differently so i don't know what the fuck bumpo well was. in orca is the name of quint ship isn't it in jaws Yes. So that's almost kind of like a direct parallel, like right yeah. off the bat. To well, maybe they're going, well, the Urban Dictionary definition is an extra large and deep belly button, which may contain many old food, lint, bugs, etc. In a sentence, Sherman's Bumpo is filled with cheese. So huh. maybe that's the dish. Maybe they're saying, hey, hey, move over, Jaws, you big old smelly belly button. Right. You know? They didn't. They didn't quite hit the mark. I mean, they didn't have Urban Dictionary back then either, but maybe... <laughs> You know these these words start off in the streets. True, that's where the urban dictionary begins. So who knows? But anyways, uh, Richard Harris and his crew—they're hunting for a great white shark, and uh, short Rampling. She's diving, and a great white shark is coming, and you know it's gonna it's gonna eat them. It's gonna eat the divers, and then along comes an orca to save the day. Right. You know, he kills that shark. He headbutts it. He headbutts it to to death. Yeah, really. You don't really see. You kind of just see like the orca fin, and then there's a bunch of red, bubbly water. And... Yeah, you just see blood. But I, I like it immediately the first thing they say is there's only one animal in the world that could have done that. It's just like they're immediately like, there's only one animal scarier than the great white shark, and it's this fucking movie, orca. The uh, Charlotte Rampling's ideas of what an orca is are so rigid but change consistently. She's like, oh that's this is what orcas do. Right. But it changes every ten <laughs> seconds and her opinion of it. There's literally no consistency at all. Right. Um so basically they uh they get saved and then we get to hear uh Charlotte Rampling go on the next fifteen minutes basically take the time to t- explain to us that orcas are way better than human beings, yeah. in literally every way. Yeah. Uh, Spectral Jeff, you got a you got a clip for us? Just a little example. Here, can we access the Ouija board here and make sure that Spectral Jeff is paying attention with his Ouija board? The, the board's moving. Okay, here he's we saying go. he's saying he's on it. All right, here we go. Spectral, roll that clip, bud.
4: Their sonar would be a little like our having X-ray vision. If we could look into one another and instantly know if someone else was happy or sad, indifferent or aroused, healthy, or suffering from a tumor we could actually see, then a human phrase like, how are you, would be meaningless. What we call language, they might call unnecessary or redundant or retarded. <laughs> there
1: you Charlotte go. Ramplin.
0: <laughs> dropping the hard R's. <laughs> Not PC Charlotte. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, I heard, uh, I read, actually, that she improvised that line. Really? Yeah. At first, she said, uh, com- compared to whales, humans are fucking retarded. <laughs> she said yeah. fucking retarded? She said fucking she's retarded. She's a college and lecture. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Scene. And then the director's like, well, you know what, Charlotte, I love what you're doing. Just <laughs> tone it down. Just tone it down a little bit yeah. and do it again. And she did that, and she's like, okay, I'll be in my trailer. Going on break. Wow. Yeah. It's like t- today that it's even worse. To yeah. Just, to just drop the hard Yeah, like she that. couldn't do that. Wow. It was really inappropriate and frankly unprofessional. Yeah. Uh, th- that entire speech she does for that class is pretty amazing, though. It's just nonstop. Humans are dumb. Yeah. Wheels are great. Yeah. And also, uh, a great quote that she has is uh, they are hyper intelligent and have a penchant for vengeance. Right. What the How like, would like, you like? Ever like they're know equal. That. Like those are like the two. They're just as important. Like they're very smart and they're very vengeful. How would you know that orcas love revenge? Right. This is this is what a, kind the, of studies. This are is there. the pre-blackfish world. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know? I guess. Yeah. With blackfish, you would know, but I don't know. Do they have any stories about like an orca getting trapped in like a room for fifteen years and then being? Released on a rooftop 15 years later, trying to figure out what happened to his daughter and his family, and maybe fighting a bunch of people in the hallway with a hammer. Well, possibly that's elaborate, but yeah, I mean, Mm. I don't, I mean, Chief's character, you know, like the, the, the why he's kind of like this movie's Quint, right? He's like, you know, kind of knows the most about, I get about the character, kind of, you know, he's kind of like the, the, I feel like he's more, more quick, quick, maybe. Yeah, he's more, yeah, exactly. He's more bland, uh, Native American guide, right. Like Native American God Billy in uh, Predator, right? That, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's stereotyping a bit, but you're—I you're, I see the yeah, Billy yeah, correlation yeah. pretty strong there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if Billy is Native American, but he fills oh, that yeah. role. He's a Predator, oh he totally yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like uh, I know the forest. I'm gonna right face him with a knife. Right, yeah. He cuts mm. and cuts his chest mm. there. Yeah, um, well, because he he brings up a couple times to Captain Nolan, right, that they're they're vengeful, that they seek revenge, you know. So I, I guess. They're it's, really hammering, hammering yeah. home. Oh, the word vengeful is used in this movie how many times? Yeah. I mean, it's just like... It, it, it's like, it, we know. We get that this orca <laughs> is vengeful. It's That's kind of the premise, but... So, oh, yeah, man. continue there. Um, so, basically, after we figure out that whales love revenge, uh, Richard Harris has figured out that orcas exist, apparently. Mm. <laughs> He's right. never seen one, right. <laughs> even though... They're constantly just right offshore of uh, whatever Canadian town. Right. There. Well, in they the filmed it in Nova village. Scotia, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe they're in Canada, which would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And so he's like, we're going to capture this and sell it to an aquarium. Because that's what he wanted to do with the great white shark. He didn't want to kill it. He wants to sell right. uh, an animal to the aquarium so he can get tons of money and he can go back to Ireland. Yeah. That's what he wants. So they come up with this big plan where they're going to... Capture an orca, so they set up a, a cage in the bay, a makeshift cage thing, and then they're gonna just harpoon it with, uh, you know, a sedative. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. He's he sees Bo Derek's like filling it up. She's like, "How much for uh for the orca?" And he's like, "Well, it's like twice the size of a shark, so we'll fill it up twice as much. Right. It'll be fine. Sound logic. And then we witness. <laughs> Like the most fucked up scene. Oh my god! This is the most fucked up scene in the movie. Yeah. So he shoots an orca with a harpoon. It it nicks the male, the male mate, leaving a nick in the fin, which will be important to identify the male mm-hmm. later, and, and hits the female. And the female immediately, instead of passing out, decides to commit suicide via the the ship's propeller right like it how was, did they know that though because they're like oh fuck it's committing suicide <laughs> yeah, yeah they knew they knew what it was <laughs> it's doing like the first time they've ever seen an orca <laughs> i don't i don't know i guess suicidal what? tendencies are suicidal tendencies no matter yeah. how the species, really. Uh, i mean the suicide thing will come up later but i don't really understand i don't really understand that entire thing at all it like got yeah. shot with the sedatives with the tranq dart and then decided to kill itself right um, so they, they pull it up uh, the orc is still alive horribly maimed by its propeller and bleeding out and screaming everywhere actually can you play uh, the clip uh, Spectral Spectral bring that up buddy fucking pig being gutted god
2: hit the
3: female he sounds almost human
2: it's not a he it's a her how
3: do you
2: know you can tell
4: by the hook shaped
0: fit. and that goes on for like god this screaming minutes is just horrible because they want to make it sound like a human yeah they they just drive it home <laughs> Whales are humans, if not better than humans, they scream like humans. They're vengeful. They, they're vengeful like humans. We're retarded. Yeah. We're retarded. Remember yeah. I not my words. Yeah. Not my words. Okay? Yeah. So they bring the whale up on deck and it proceeds to have oh, a, it proceeds to have a giant miscarriage immediately all over the deck. It's like a scarring ten minutes. Yeah. It's horrible. And he doesn't like it either. He's
1: flipping yeah, out. Richard right.
0: Harris is not happy. Every shot of the captain at, at all. He is disgusted, He's like, oh, man. what? No. Right. And this fetus just spills out onto the deck, and it looks like this fucked up alien. Yeah. Um. During Charlotte Rampling's speech, she drives home and like, yeah, they have five digits and look just like humans. It looks like a giant human just came out of this whale pussy. Yeah, And <laughs> – Instead, he's just like, "Get it off my deck," <laughs> and immediately just grabs a hose yeah. and just hoses it into the, the water. Get the fetus hose. Yeah, I don't want this fucking thing here. I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced like having an abortion before or like going to Planned Parenthood, but it's a lot similar. Is it? They just like take out a hose? Well, yeah, you know, they they'll uh, get her up. And then it just falls out. They just hose it into these these grates. Okay. You know, it just fall. It just comes out, and they just hose it. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, but I mean, Nature. that's how it's done. Yeah, it's the natural way, as we can see here. Well, orcas are better than people. They are. We 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 we've definitely learned orcas are better than people, because you made the internet. Orcas, good job. <laughs> good job with the internet and thumbs, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Nice art, orcas. <laughs> Anyways, alright, where where are we? They're making their way home. They've uh they've still got this orca in tow for some reason. It's barely alive, but still alive. But they just have it right. with them. I don't know why. I don't know what they thought they were gonna do with it, just sell it for whale meat, like a half price or something like that. SeaWorld, yeah. I mean I think you probably you could probably still sell whale meat at that time. Yeah. Oil, right? Oil ambergris. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some needs for it, sure. I mean, they still do it in Japan. You know, they still hunt those whales for they say for research, right? But I think the experiment is just seeing what happens when you put whales in a meat grinder, right? To see what happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's inconclusive, I guess.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, I, don't, yeah, I, don't I, know I don't know what happens.
0: Sorry. So they're the whale home, and the male orca is hunting them. And it's bumping the boat, bumping the boat. They're like, drop, drop the whale. Yeah. And uh, this old grizzled man who looks probably the most like Quint out of any of them, cuts the line, uh, loses his life because he's snatched. Snatched right. right away. He's the first person, right, that gets snatched by the... Yeah, which the all record. of them. are all just snatches. No one dies in a really satisfying way. No, and you know, that was one, until the one end. of my issues with it was the editing for whenever there was an orca kill. I, I wasn't crazy about it. it. It's never, like, the same frame where you see, like, the whale grab. It, it's all these... It's, like, this weird stock footage thing of, like, where I, I read that they have, like, some stock footage from SeaWorld or somewhere like that of this of the orca kind of, like, coming up from the bottom of the water. And they keep showing that same shot whenever the orca like makes its like pounce. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like clearly underneath like a different body of water. It's yeah, from, like yeah, A yeah. pool <laughs> in Sea World. Yeah, like, it's, it's like broad daylight all of a sudden. Yeah. It's beautiful green water with right. no waves, and, and it and just, just kind of like... comes up, and then it's like shoddy editing. And then whoa, and then he, he goes <laughs> down. And it's like okay, I guess it got him. Yeah. The special effects weren't that bad,
1: though.
0: Like, no, they weren't at all. Because what? What is it? And the whole movie is animatronic. No, this, they switch. Oh, they, they, with they, the real—they real, have, they they have, have a they real. They two. They had two real orcas. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, when they were shooting this, when they're bringing in the two animatronic orcas, they had tons of people, uh, tons of people, uh, picketing, <laughs> right. You know, uh, to stop the whales from from coming in, right. but they didn't realize the whales weren't real. Yeah, orca protesters mm-hmm. didn't have... The protesters, they lacked yeah. the common sense that they have in the pre-Blackfish world. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Get a new Get your fucking era. facts right. It's a new era. You are protesting animatronic whales. So basically after... Since we know the orca has a penchant for vengeance, obviously, it starts to just fuck up. It's been explained to us. His whole life. Right. It starts to attack the town. It sinks all the boats. Right. You know? Because it, it wants him. Right and wants to kill him. Right, and that's what they're saying. They they keep sinking all these boats until all the only boat left in the harbor is the Captain Nolan's. And he's saying, well, why is my boat the only one that's not sank? And they say, you know, because he wants you to fight him on his territory, right? That becomes like a big concept in the movie, right? They want, the, the orca wants to fight the captain, but on his territory, they keep saying. Yeah, literally every other character in the movie is ganging up on him and being like, yo, yeah, this is fucking up all of our shit. Right. Go fight that whale. Yeah, I like, love that. Yeah. Which is, like, ridiculous. <laughs> it was fight like, You go on whale. that ocean, you fight that whale. Yeah. You fucking fight him now. And at first, he's, he's like, like, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? <laughs> and then <laughs> his whole transformation, he's like, I've got to fight this whale yeah, on yeah. his terms. You- the fish are all gone. Yeah. It blew up our oil refinery. Right. And this whale well, yeah, this whale well literally <laughs> burns down the town. And I love all those clips. <laughs> As like, the oil refinery and everything's burning. The, the orca just keeps doing these, like, triumphant backflips. <laughs> like, very SeaWorld-esque. But it's like, woo! And there's a it backflip. Got him! It's constantly... Flipping, it's just throughout oh. the entire movie. But like, only when, when it does something really fucked up, when it's like, there's a giant explosion, then it's like, woo, got, got him, backflip. <laughs> I love the pride that the orca takes in it to work. Hell That's yeah. very respectable. You know, honestly, to uh, to backtrack a little bit, I think one of the most successful scenes, I think, in this whole movie is when the orca is out to sea and is pushed. The, his mate's body. It has his right. mate's body out with him. And it's with the pod of mm-hmm. the other orcas. And yeah. they're swimming along. Is that a pod? Is that a, a yeah, group yeah. of orcas? Mm-hmm. Very nice. I, I'm pretty sure. Nice stuff. And eventually you see that the orca uh, pushing his mate's dead body, they separate. Like, And there's this really sad music. Oh, yeah. Um, also, what we haven't mentioned is the music is done by Ennio Morricone. That's our boy. Which is amazing i yeah. don't know how they got him for this movie but the soundtrack is it's, fantastic th- yeah the score is one of my favorite parts and I, I i love just it's really just one kind of main theme that plays there's not a whole lot of other music that goes on with it um and yeah i just that main theme it's, it's lethargic lament it's this very yeah. sad you heard it in the trailer before i mean it's this very sad and it's that's the whole thing is like we're you know the, as the audience we're supposed to be sympathetic to this whale this whale isn't just this brainless killing machine that's just hunting to kill. You know, I mean it's killing for a reason, you know, it's it's seeking revenge because it's it lost its mate. But those that scene was really kind of haunting where it's pushing the body and it's like a fucking ten minute long thing. Yeah. It's long. Yeah. You watch it push it into the ocean for a while. Yeah. It's very yeah, it's very creepy and, and eventually I really like that, yeah. It, it leaves its mate's dead body on the shore like like the horse head in the pillows kind right. of thing. It leaves it for right. Richard Harris is C, for Captain Nolan to C. Right. And he's hurt by it. Cause we eventually find out that his wife and kid were killed by a drunk driver. Right. So they're pretty much the same. They've experienced right. the same thing. They start to mirror each other at a certain point. So Richard Harris is sure. Sure. to Just say Captain Nolan. That's easier. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Keep saying Richard Harris, uh, So Captain Nolan doesn't want to face him. He doesn't want to face what he's done because he feels horrible about it. He really does. Yeah. But also it's affecting everyone else around him. Right. It's destroying everything. Yeah. And eventually even destroying his house, which I don't understand why he stayed there because he lives on a house on ocean stilts. I would have think that would have been the first thing the orca destroyed. Like your house is definitely going to go down. Right. Your your house is on the water. The orca just kind of keeps escalating things. Just kind of yeah. keeps raising the stakes. Yeah. yeah. He's, it was very Godfathering. Yeah. In the way he went after Captain Nolan, and yeah, he eventually destroys. Captain, I feel like this Captain, is Captain a, Nolan's house. This is a good point on our horror movie podcast to mention that I haven't seen The Godfather. Oh, okay. All right. I only saw like once, but I, 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 it's a joke among judge, our it. friends. It's um, <laughs> you haven't seen the Godfather. It's like when you, have, you more haven't, a haven't heard. Thing. Yeah, yeah, you you haven't like heard of a song or something. Oh, you haven't seen the Godfather, so I haven't seen it, and I never will. Um, actually, you want to play that clip there, Senor Jeff? Yeah, Jeff, uh, roll that forgiveness clip.
4: Why do you think he sunk the other boats in the harbor and not yours?
0: Well, no. I must
3: admit that that's rather puzzled me. He deliberately left you your
4: boat because he wants to fight you on the sea.
3: I won't do that. I refuse. In fact, I won't fight him at all.
4: But you'll murder him. You'll stand here safe on the jetty and shoot him through the eye. But you're not a man. You're an animal. It's creatures like you science should be observing. Why don't you go somewhere else for your excitement?
3: Excitement! Excitement! Is that all it means to you? I'm thinking more of that whale than you are. With a gun. I brought this gun to shoot him, yes. Yes, I did. But I knew when I came to do it. I couldn't do it. So I got to thinking. And I thought, well... If what, if what you say is right, that whales can communicate, well then I thought I'd, I thought I'd look at him, right in the eye, and I'd tell him that the killing of his wife and his child was a terrible accident, that I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. I would tell him that I was sorry. And I hope he'd forgive me.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, it's so – it's such a strange and different dynamic for a lot of aquatic car movies because you yeah. – the Orca is a character. You sympathize with the Orca, and you sympathize with Captain Nolan. Right. It's much you know, more King Kong than Jaws in that sense, I thought. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Or even Moby Dickish in the right. sense that it's just, like, uh, about revenge, but you still don't really sympathize with, you know – I don't. I don't know if you can sympathize with Ahab or the whale.
1: Well, really. I think that's
0: kind of, that's what the similarity I saw here too. That that line is blurred. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. You you don't really like. Every, you're not really rooting for the whale to keep fucking everything up, but you're not really rooting for him to kill him either. You know. You kind of go back and forth. I thought the movie does a really good job of that of of kind of just making the viewer decide who they who they are rooting for, in it, which which is cool, which is pretty unique, and was w- w- definitely stuck out to me. I definitely think that's what makes it way more. Than a Jaws rip off. Right. It's very oh, different. Oh, it's yeah, I yeah, I think it would it's more similar to Moby Dick or King Kong than Jaws, definitely. So the Orca fucking up Captain Nolan's house and biting off Bo Derrick's crippled leg
1: mm.
0: is kind of the last straw. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna take the Bumpo out. Me, Charlotte Rampling, Chief, yeah. and uh Carradine and uh the beard boy uh steerman of Great the ship. Beard. Fantastic yeah. beard. Nice eighties beard. Yeah. Uh they decided to go face it on the open ocean.
1: Yeah.
0: And they head out for it what seems like a while. Forever. I l lo- those were some of my favorite shots of the movie where it you know, so he he's decided he's going to go out and he's going to fight. They keep you know fight the whale. You know, so he's going to go and fight the orc on its terms. And there's all these just very creepy shots to that same slow, lethargic Ennio Morricone theme. And it's like the the, the fin leading them, and they're in this boat. And as they get, because it's in Nova Scotia, so as they keep going north, eventually there's more like icebergs and it's much colder waters. And it's just those creepy long shots of the fin going with this, like, boat that slowly starts to become more, like, weathered and frozen. And just following it, almost like this ghost ship kind of imagery. Yeah, slow imagery. It's Very like slow. it's being towed right. by the whale. Right. And they're not doing anything to the whale. They're just following, yeah. During the beginning, he tries to blow up the whale with dynamite. Right. And then for some reason, Charlotte Rampling's character stops him. I don't know why she even came. I know. I don't know what she the Dynamite, too easy. Yeah. No, don't kill it. It's like, well, you just told me I have to go kill it. Yeah. Like, that's why I left. She, she's like the moral compass, but that is just like going off the rails the whole
1: movie. Like, yeah, she doesn't know what she wants. Yeah,
0: because she doesn't know what she wants. Well, I guess, you know, it's kind of like the point of the movie, right? I mean, we don't know what we want, like, the entire time. We're just kind of watching this weird se- series of events kind of unfold, like, unsure what's going to happen or what we want to happen. It's true. I didn't know what I wanted to happen at all. Yeah in the end and I don't think the characters even know either right, the orca no. or yeah. him I think they both just want to die right I mean which is eventually what really goes on uh, uh, Jeff do you want to play that last clip for us there he loved his family
3: more than I loved fair fight on equal terms.
0: So, in that scene, he basically puts down his gun and grabs his harpoon. Which basically seems... It seems like he wants to die.
1: Yeah, it seems like
0: at that point he has just become overwrought with the guilt of what he's he's done the same thing as Orca that was done to his family and he's accepted that he shouldn't live. Is that line, though... That bothers me a lot because he says the orca loved his family more than he loved his. Yeah. Which I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. Does he feel guilty that he didn't go after the drunk driver? That he didn't try to kill the drunk driver? Yeah, I think so, maybe, yeah. I don't know how he's negotiating that idea. I think, yeah, he feels kind of a remorse that maybe he didn't take action, or he he didn't, maybe, you know, if this whole, this theme of vengeance that keeps coming, maybe he feels guilty that he didn't take vengeance on the killer of his wife. Which isn't even necessarily right. Right. Which is kind of a weird fucking moral of the story. That's what bothers me a a lot about this movie is that I feel like they were so close to something, to spelling out what it means like i I wanted to know more right about captain nolan and his family and what happened to them right don't spell out really what happens in the end which is he he faces off the whale and ends up on an ice shelf and the orca basically flips the ice shelf knocks him into the water and then just smacks him with his tail killing him sends him on to the he sends him flying like sends onto him. this other iceberg thing and then he just kind of like sinks it yeah the water. sends him flying through the through the air and he dies yeah and then um i don't know if this is really spelled out to you but what a lot of people have said is the it ends with the orca killing itself right see i didn't sw- get that by swimming under the ice to go die right i didn't get that watching i was reading about it afterwards where i got that I didn't initially get that either, but I I, but I think, like that. I, I like that too. But I thought the movie could have done a much better job illustrating that's what happened. You know, if that because that ev- evidence of it's not just the whales getting vengeance, but it's also it, it's it's an accepting of your fate. It's an accepting of 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 what you've done wrong and kind of coming to terms with that and under knowing when it's your time to die. You know, I thought that was cool and added like an even another layer of creepiness to it. You know, instead, you just kind of get this weird shot of the whale like swimming under the ice, and then the Ennio um, Morricone theme plays again, but this time with this awful vocal over it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Kind of... Why? Why was that it And what's the name of the song? Is something just so ridiculous? Um, I can't remember what it is now, but they they call it something. Uh, dark Litany. <laughs> My Love, We Are One. Oh, nice. Performed okay. by Carol Connors. Music by Annie on. <laughs> Lyrics by Carol Connors. Fuck you, Carol Connors. That, Come on, Carol. That score was perfect until you had the t- My Love, We Are One all over it. But I thought it was so close. I thought this movie was so close yeah. to having something uh, profound to say. It tried, and they had character. Right. But I, yeah, s- I yeah. still liked it. Yeah, I still liked it. Uh, I did before. too. Before, like, uh, Kind of diving into that territory i you know what I liked though that it wasn't so black and white with like a moral story and a moral compass that that ambiguity that kind of just permeates this whole movie I really liked about it, and just kind of this gloominess i, I thought that was almost more effective, you know don't you know yeah. whether it was deliberate or not um so yeah i I really liked the movie and I gotta say it was a, a good recommendation yeah, I really enjoyed it it's yeah. uh you know uh mostly good acting good special effects. Yeah. Great music. Yep. Uh some plot holes. Not necessarily yeah. great writing. Some of the, but the attack scenes weren't weren't filmed great. Yeah, the deaths I... were all lame. It's just for two a... snatches, three three body snatches. Right. Uh chief gets killed by a bunch of ice falling on him. Every, that was that was a great death. After he plans this horrible coup for like a second He's like, we're turning around. I'm taking I'm over s- I'm now. i sick of this revenge that I've been recommending all I, like, <laughs> like we're, we're, we're going home. We're now in Antarctica, and yeah, I've decided yeah. I'm, I'm uh, staging a coup. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get it. But that was a great death with the uh, with the ice, all you see his hand, and the ice yeah. and the blood. I like that. But other than that, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, and it's an interesting movie to think about when it came out like in this post Blackfish era, you know what I mean? I think Blackfish like really did, I mean, obviously the whole sea world thing and it it shown light on this whole um on you know this mistreatment of this animal, but the, to me that wasn't even the most interesting part about Blackfish. It was how intensely unique and intelligent these creatures are. Like orcas are so fucking smart. They've developed parts of their brains that humans aren't anywhere near using you know this underwater telepathy that can like you know what i mean like they can communicate oh, yeah. like tele- telepathically like that shit is so fucking cool um and i'm interested like why more people weren't into this movie when it came out like you don't think underwater telepathy is cool uh 1990 well 1977 was star wars right so people were i think everything got buried by star wars right they got buried like cheap under an avalanche yeah yeah absolutely yeah And also, people look at this as a Jaws ripoff. A lot of people really hate this movie. Yeah, I mean, what is it? 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot. But Uh if you look on Amazon, people love it. Right. Um, Supposedly, what I read a lot about this movie is that it's had somewhat of a resurgence and uh, gained a cult following. Mm -hmm. And people seem to like it more. I think they could have gone with a better name than Orca the Killer Whale. You know what I mean? I think that just sets it up into this kind of B-movie, you know, monster movie. Which it isn't. It's it's smarter than that. The Spanish title is Assassina. Okay, I like that more already. Because I think that's what they call killer whales. You know, killer. Is it? Let's see, that yeah. already. Assassina. That has a much nicer ring to it. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Or if we just called it My Love, We Are One. <laughs> 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 Maybe that would have worked. So what do you think? Can you pry any meaning from this movie? You know, I think that it's, it is, you know, kind of like a meditation on vengeance, I guess, you know, and just kind of misplaced guilt and misplaced anger and taking it out externally when it's kind of an internal struggle kind of thing. Um, I just look at it as if you ever find yourself on a boat and dealing with a whale fetus, keep a hose nearby, and <laughs> yeah, I don't want to touch that. Takes care of the problem pretty quickly. Yeah, do not touch that thing. It's gross. It looks like human. Yeah, it's disgusting. Get it off my boat.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so, well, how about you? <laughs> Same. <laughs> um. So <laughs> okay. So like I said, I like taking meanings from movies. So a lot of the time, I ride a line. Between wanting to make fun of it and trying to find meaning in it, yeah. So this is gonna be a pull, but I'm going to compare it directly to *Babadook*. Okay. All right. Wherein the orca is a mirror of Captain Nolan's grief. Yeah. Okay. And he doesn't want to face it. He he doesn't want to. He's constantly it's like oh no, like I'm I'm just not like I it's it sucks. I just can't. i I can't do it Mm -hmm. i can't it'll kill me you know and and in a sense he still he wants it to um yeah i'm gonna say it's just like a a mirror of grief yeah i definitely see that what more than that i'm not sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, but i think what do you think that you think that's about it yeah i mean shit that's orca in a nutshell um yeah, I think that's a uh, put, – put a wrap on this episode one, bad boy here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, before we go, we know this is not a horror movie, but we really love the Cuba hmm. Gooding Jr. vehicle. Uh, no, it's radio. Uh, radio, great film. You like radio? Oh, uh, fantastic. Um, so we're just going to end. We're going to play a little clip of radio, and we'll uh, close it out with some plugs. So uh, Spectral. Yeah, Spectral, do you have something on deck um, for the Cuba Gooding Jr. radio? Do you have yeah, something to Do you to have play a for? clip? Clip from radio? Okay, I'm seeing the Ouija board is going to. Yes! Oh, he does have something. All right, he's got a clip. All right, Thank roll Thank you. Roll that clip, special. Fantastic. Jerry. Yeah, wh- wh-
4: what can I do for you, Ron? You just tell me what can I do for you. It's a
2: very personal,
3: very important thing. Hell, it's a family model.
0: Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, bro. Here it is.
3: Show me the money. I i <laughs> <Mother.
1: laughs>
0: Wow, a tour de force. Great film, radio. Truly, Cuba Gooding. Ugh, God, does it get what, any better? What part in radio was that? Do uh, you remember? I'm not, ex- I can't exactly recall, but uh, The whole movie just one blur of glory to me. Really, yeah. You know, Whew, gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Facing adversity. Ugh. You know, radio. Uh, so anyways, any plugs? Any gigs coming up? Oh, me. Well. Um, we want to make a big shout-out to uh, Stephen and Michelle from Rock House Podcast um, for letting us use um, the haunted part of their studio here. Um, yeah, no one goes in here. No one goes in here, but they a are. A lot of cobwebs. Yep. Um, so you can check out their podcast at um, Alston Rock House Podcast um, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, shout-out to Spectral Jeff, who has been yeah. a real revelation. Haunting those knobs. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Keeping it going. And I didn't think a a Ouija board would be as easy to control and as it has been, but wow! It ups your reading speed level. It really does. Yeah, um, yeah. he's quick. <laughs> he can manifest <laughs> those words <laughs> at a a startling pace. I don't know. I, yeah, it, it's still confusing to me how the um, how he lines up those clips via Ouija. But you know, who am I to question you know, it? I don't know who he was in his previous life, but I'm thankful for him. Amen. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you can check me out at the Bad Bad Show at Wonder Bar, April 30th, doing some comedy and hosting the show. It's going to be awesome. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Dead Last Podcast. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Facebook slash Dead Last PC. Um, and that's about it. We're Uh, building this thing. We're building it together. Not just me and Brandon, but with all you and with Spectral Jeff on our side and, uh, I think this is going to be uh, this is the birth of something beautiful. It could be fun. Uh, I, also, uh, like and review us on iTunes. That's very, yeah. very important. Yeah. Please make our dreams come true. Yeah. I don't, do you want to do a post show wrap up? How do you feel? How do you feel about the the whole thing? Yeah, I'm, I feel great. You know, I think I'm ready to wash this away like a orca fetus off the deck. Yeah. Yeah. Move, move on with our lives. Yeah. On, on to the next. Yeah. On to the next. So we'll be doing this bi weekly. And then uh, just stay in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram as well at Deadless uh, Podcast for uh, details on the next episode. And uh, any feedback or anything like that is obviously more than welcome. Cool. Um, I think that's it. This All right. We out. All right. Stay spooky. World. All right. It's Peace. See y'all. Life
3: under the sea is better than anything they got up there. Up on the shore, they work all day Out in the on they slave away While we devoting full time to floating under the sea <laughs>